Thank you for joining us on Hope for Today with Pastor Doug Solomon on this Good Friday afternoon. We want to bring the message from Mark chapter 13, and the title of the message is called Keep Watch 2. Now, we already talked about Mark chapter 13, verses 1 through 10. We preached about that earlier in the week, but I want to pick up with verse 11, but I want to back up just a little bit and start with verse 9. And it says, you must be on guard. You will be handed over to the local councils, flagged and flogged in the synagogues. On account of me, you will stand before governors and kings as witness to them. And the gospel must be preached to all nations. And we talked about this the other day, all nations. It means every language, every dialect, everyone will understand the word of God. It will be preached, it's coming. With all the modern technology today, with the internet and language translations like Google Lens and different things that can be put in written form or in audio form. You know, never in our history have we've ever seen such a translation of languages. But there's still over five to 6,000 people groups that still have not been reached. But with the modern technology today, it can, it can happen. So we'll begin with verse 11. We'll pick up today verses Matthew, uh, Mark chapter 13, verse 11 through 37. This is whenever you are arrested and brought to trial, do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given you at the time, for it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit speaking. Brother will betray brother to death, a father his child. Children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. All men will hate you because of me, but he who stands firm in the end will be saved. When you see the abominations that cause desolation, standing where, where it does not belong, let the reader understand then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let no one on the roof of his house go down and enter the house to take anything. Let no one in the field go back and get his cloak. How dreadful it will be in those days for pregnant women and nursing mothers. Pray that this will not take place in the winter, because those will be the days of distress, unequaled from the beginning when God created the world until now, and never to be equal again. If the Lord had not cut short those days, no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, whom he has chosen, he has shortened them. At the time, if anyone says to you, look here, here is the Christ, or look there, here he is, do not believe this, for false Christ will come. False prophets will appear and perform signs and miracles to deceive the elect, if that were possible. So be on guard. I have told you everything ahead of time. But in those days following that distress, the sun will grow darkened. The moon will not give its light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, men will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with a great power and glory. 
and he will send his angels to gather the elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heaven. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you will know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that, the, that it is near, right at the door. I tell you the truth, this generation will certainly not pass away, but until all these things have happened, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. No one knows about the hour or the day, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. So be on guard, be alert. Do not know when that time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servant in charge. Each one is assigned a task, and he tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know when the owner of the house will come, when he will come back, whether it will be in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or even at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. May the Lord add a blessing to the reading of his word on this Good Friday. Shall we pray? Our gracious Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word in Mark chapter 13. We thank you as we've talked about keep watch, and now we're going to follow up even more. Lord, we live in a world today where things seem so uncertain. Things seem so out of place. But Lord, your word says that the time is not yet. As we talked about rumors of war and war and, and famine and those things earlier in the week, we're reminded that that's going on now, but the time is not yet. Lord, we just ask you to give me the words and the wisdom as we talk about the scripture today on this Good Friday. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen, amen. So let's take a look at this scripture. It says, when you are arrested and brought to trial, do not worry beforehand about what to say. Just say whatever is given to you at the time, for it is not you speaking, but the Holy Spirit. And you know, God speaks in and through us. You know, have you ever felt like you're not worthy or you felt like I just can't say that or I can't do this or I can't face that? But then you get this, this Holy Spirit's energy and anointing that gives you the words and the wisdom. You know, I, I'm reminded of Moses and, and even Noah in the Bible and many of those. It was by faith they did what they did. Did they have to be reminded? Yes. And I believe the word is reminding us here that it's not us to speak. If we're in the Lord, no matter what happens, the Holy Spirit is always with us and will help us what to say. But the scripture tells us the brother will betray brother to death. A father is child and children will rebel against their parents and have them put to death. All men will hate you because of me, but he who stands firm to the end will be saved. We see this happening in the world today brother betraying brother, even killing them. It's sad. So much violence. 
families are being torn apart. We see father and his child. We see children rebelling against their parents. We see that today. Many, many children don't want to listen to their parents. They take other people's advice as the gospel. They ignore God sometimes. It's a reality. It's in the word. It says children will rebel against their parents. It's true. It says all men will hate you because of me. And we see this in the world today where Christians are being persecuted because of their faith or for taking a stance. Biblical principles, morality, all of those things. People are being judged. But the Bible says we must stand firm to the end and will be saved. Talks about when you see abominations that cause desolation, standing where it is, does not belong. There's so much going on in the world today that could be classed as an abomination. We see wars happening. We see people doing unspeakable things to others. We see even death, an abomination to God. God did not create us to do that. He created us to fellowship with him. He created us to live in right relationship with each other, to honor one another, to respect one another. But we live in a world today where people don't even respect their own parents. Children, neighbors, friends, people in general, that don't respect one another. Doesn't mean you condone what they're doing as, as, as okay, but they should respect your opinion. They should respect your faith. It says, let the reader understand and those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Because the Lord is coming again. It's prophetic in this scripture, letting us know that the Lord is coming. He's the owner of the house, as we read later. But it says, let no one go back. Let no one in the field go back to get his cloak. Just leave it. And it talks about pregnant women here and nursing mothers, how dreadful it would be in those days. Be very tough. So let's pray that this will not take place in winter. When we think of winter in the Northern Hemisphere, we think of snow and cold. It says, because those days will be days of distress unequal from the beginning when God created the world until now and will never be equal again. As we look around the world today, we say, man, how much more can God take? One day the eastern sky is going to crack open like we said here in verse 26. It says, at the time men will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And he will send his angels and gather the elect from the four winds, 
from the ends of the earth and to the ends of the heaven. He's coming again. You know, as we think of Good Friday and we think of the what Jesus did on the cross and with his resurrection, but that's already taken place. It's been fulfilled. But the Son of Man is going to come. He's going to come in the clouds. I think of a mighty rumble, a great power and glory. Everyone will stop and will look. It'll be a sound that'll be heard around the world, I believe. Everyone will know. Scripture says every tongue, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But when he comes again, if you're not ready, it will be too late. But there's still hope. But it talks about this distress. We see when Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, it put distress initially when sin entered. And mankind would be saddled with that. Generation after generation would have inherited sin because of the first humanity, Adam and Eve. But we have hope in the Lord today, even through this distress. It says it will never be equaled again. It says, if the Lord had not cut short the days, then no one would survive. But for the sake of the elect, whom he has chosen, he has shortened them. Verse 21 reminds us, we live in a world today where we hear this it says at that time if anyone says to you look here is the christ or look there he is do not believe it verse 22 for false christs and prophets will appear and perform signs and miracles to deceive the elect if that were possible they're going to do tricks like Hollywood kind of, uh, like movies, we see things happen, you know, they're going to use these things to try to deceive the church, to deceive believers. Many, many people are looking for, for Jesus, but there are going to be false prophets come. We see around the world those false prophets and those that claim to be Christ. We've seen through history where people have stepped forward and, and believed that they were Christ. They were Jesus because they thought they had power, but they were false, false. Verse 24 says, but in those days following the distress, the sun will be darkened and the moon will not give light. The stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. Like I said, we hear this loud rumble. We won't see the sun and the moon, but we will see the glory of God, the power of God coming on the clouds. But he's telling us here in verse 28, now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender, and its leaves come out, you will know summer is near. 
we think of the seasons of spring. You know, he's telling the story here when he earlier he said, we don't, he did not, uh, he said, pray that this will not take place in winter. Now we hear him talking about summer and about the fig tree. We think of the leaves coming out like spring and summer in the northern hemisphere. In the southern hemisphere, most of the time we just have winter and summer. But it says, even so, when you see these things happening, you know it is near, right at the door. He's telling us that when we see these things, the end is near. His entrance is coming. He will be coming. So it's heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. But he tells us to be on guard. He says, no one knows the day or the hour, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. One day he's going to say, go and get my bridegroom, and the bride will come. Christ will come in the clouds with great power and glory. He will come for the, his church. He reminds us here, he says, be on guard and be alert. You do not know when that time will come. We can't set a date. If Jesus doesn't know, how can we as human set a date? But the Lord is coming again. He has everything under control. We shouldn't fret because these things will come. But he tells us to be alert and to be on guard. He reminds us it's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with his own task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. It's telling us that Jesus went and ascended into heaven, but that Jesus is coming again. He is the owner of the house. But he tells us that we need to keep watch. Verse 35, therefore keep watch because you do not know when the owner of the house will return. Whether he comes in the evening, at midnight, or when the rooster crows, or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. You know, church, sometimes I think the church is sleeping. God's people are sleeping. We have a mission to reach the lost with the good news of Jesus Christ, salvation, the hope found in him. It says, what I say to you, I say to everyone. So he's telling us, even the church today, that we need to watch, we need to keep watch. because the Son of Man will come. Generations have looked for the Messiah for his return, the second coming. We've read Revelation and Daniel and all the prophecies, but here we are in the book of Mark and it's telling us clear cut, there will be things happening. 
There will be earthquakes in diverse places. There'll be rumors of war. There'll be famine. Brother will turn against brother and father against his child. Tells his children will rebel against their parents. Said, all men will hate you. We see these things happening even in our day. It's happened in generations since this was written. And it's happening in our generation. But it tells us to keep watch. That is our hope today. The Lord will come again. So as we remember this Good Friday, that Jesus went to the cross for us, we don't want to nail him back on the cross again. Somehow every year we seem to want to do that. We go through all the procession. But as Christians, we know what happened. And we know the ending of the story. It's foretold. It's happening. He's coming again. Whether it be today, tomorrow, next week. Five years, 20 years, whatever. But as Christians, we have the hope that he is returning. And he will come to take us home. Shall we pray? Our gracious Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you for this Good Friday, because it is a Good Friday. It's a reminder of what took place. But the good news is that you did not stay in the tomb. The good news is that you went to heaven to prepare a place for us. The good news is that you will return again. You will come in the clouds in great power and great glory. You are coming for your church. You will gather your church from the four winds the east, the west, the north, and the south, from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. We are reminded that this will happen. We are reminded that you are coming again. So that's our hope today. No matter what we see going on around us, no matter how bad situations seem, we need to cling to the hope and the promises of your return. But we also, as Christians, have a message to give the world that you came to save and seek the lost. You are the God that restores and that redeems. Shall we pray? Our gracious Lord and Heavenly Father, we thank you again for who you are, what you are, and why you are. We thank you for who you are, what you did. We thank you that you are going to return again. We have it in Mark chapter 13. We don't have to go to the book of Revelation and see all the prophetic things. And some of them we know and some we don't understand. The Lord, the word tells us here, the sun will darken. The moon will not give light. Stars will fall from the sky and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. It tells us that. But it also tells us that the Son of Man is coming and his angels will gather the church. That's our hope today. Our hope is found in relationship with Jesus Christ. That restoration power, that life-giving hope. So if there be someone today that don't know you as their personal savior, 
We pray this Good Friday that they will accept you. They will reach out to you. If there's someone stressed with all this stuff, looking for this and for that and for a sign, Lord, it's plain and simple. We have to keep focused upon you. We have to keep watch. And Lord, remind us that we don't search for you here. These false prophets, these Christ, these ones that come in your name, that appear to perform signs and wonders, but the more tricks. It's like Hollywood stunts, if you want to call it. It's the only thing I can put it to. But Lord, you are the one that's in control. And no matter what we see around, you are the hope. So Lord, we just want to thank you for the awesome privilege of speaking your word, talking your word. We just pray for the world today, that they will have eyes to see and ears to hear. We pray for your church, that they will have boldness of faith to reach out to the world around them, whether it be to a neighbor or someone standing in the post office or someone riding the transit or the train or the bus. But we don't have to preach to them. We just have to make the connection and you will, you will speak in and through us. Lord, sometimes we have to be somebody's friend first. We don't always have the right to know where they're at, but we need to be their friend. We need to earn that right. Lord, bring someone across our path during this Easter season that we can give them a word of encouragement, that we can share the message of hope. May the Lord add a blessing to this message. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you for joining us on this Good Friday. And we look forward to joining you on Monday with a new message of hope and encouragement. God bless. Happy Easter. Happy Good Friday. Amen. And have a good day and a great weekend.